0: Welcome to the Positively Roswell podcast. Each month, we'll bring you inspiring conversations from your neighbors that help make Roswell one of the best communities in the world. I'm your host, Ty Anderson, a Grammy award-winning musician, brand strategist, and longtime Roswell resident. To learn more about Positively Roswell, check out positivelyroswell.org or connect with us on Facebook at ProRoswell. Positively Roswell is elevating engagement in our city by accentuating the positive stories of our world-class community. In this episode, we welcome Jeff Leatherman to the podcast. Jeff has been with Roswell's Recreation, Parks, Historic, and Cultural Affairs Department for a little over 90 days. So we wanted to check in and see how it's going so far. Now, coming from Sacramento, California, and a parks department that is massive in scale, I wanted to know his impression of our city, including his favorite spots in our award-winning system. Chances are, our parks are one of the reasons you moved to Roswell in the first place. This is Positively Roswell. All right, Jeff, welcome to the Positively Roswell podcast. Thank you for uh, braving the traffic and the day after the storm. We're filming this right after... those uh, not hurricane winds here, but the storm blew through last night. And I appreciate you being here because I imagine you you have some anxiousness. Like Mm -hmm. what happened to our thousand acres of parks last night? Like, do we need to get out? (laughs) Is our trees down? So uh, thanks for being here, spending some time with us. Uh, We we won't keep you too long because you are the steward of one of our greatest resources here.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's always interesting the day after the storm. You never really know. You know, do you have to get just the sweepers and the brooms out, or is it chainsaws and backhoes? So yeah, it's always a little bit different every day.
0: Well, I'm really excited to have you. As as um, as we were scheduling, and I would put out some feelers of just questions or what what are some things I should talk with Jeff about um just uh the the reviews already were coming in so strong uh people saying Jeff is the best thing to happen to Roswell this year Thought that was a really nice endorsement. No one's ever said that about me. So <laughs> it's,
1: that's a tall order. It's a tall order. <laughs> I've Only been here for a couple of months, so it may just still be the honeymoon period yeah. but as people are getting to know me.
0: So let's talk about that. I mean, basically, we're we're probably right around ninety days mm-hmm. that that you've been on the job. And so before we kind of dive in. Just what about just an overall, uh, your take 90 days in, just one little season in? Are is it still just drinking from the fire hose, or is are do you feel like okay, now I got
1: a, a really good lay of the land? I would say, and I mentioned it to somebody, um, I was in a meeting with um Roswell Next uh yesterday morning, and I finally feel like kind of in the last probably two weeks that. I have a decent foundation, Mm -hmm. um, a lot less surprises every day of the week than um, maybe even two or three weeks before that. And so that's helpful. um, But we're also coming out of the summer season and then we get into our holiday season. And mm-hmm. so then everything becomes new, which is why I was so excited about the position in the first place. But the reality is is we kind of continue to go through these cycles where we will have – we push really hard for our summer activities. And then right after Labor Day, everybody takes a break. We do with our end-of-the-summer celebration. We take kind of a collective breath, and then we ramp up again for our fall season with Youth Day Parade, mm-hmm. literally right around yeah. the corner.
0: I know. I was thinking about this because um, – I'll probably we'll probably put this out just Monday after the Youth Day Parade, unless I drink way too much coffee. <laughs> um, but um, that's one of my favorite days. I actually got to MC it a few years ago, and I had so much fun um, just seeing all the floats come by. My kids have participated in it through the years. It, it really is a special day. Um, but but ninety days in, so you know, as I kind of tease, you know, we have close to a thousand acres uh, mm-hmm. of parkland here. How many active parks do we have? And I guess do we call them active and passive parks? Yeah,
1: you, you can call them that way. And there, there's, uh, we talked about it actually in the town hall meeting a couple of days ago. There's, there isn't a industry adopted standard for mm-hmm. active and passive parks. Their community is able to kind of manipulate that concept to fit our mold and what we want them to be. Um, and it's a great question. We have, I think, right around 19 park facilities that we designate as individual parks. And then you, know, you kind of break those up. The River Parkway area mm-hmm. has a couple of different park locations. Um, You start to look at the east side of 400. We obviously have a few park locations over there. Um, And then the number grows as you start to look at our joint use facilities with the school district. Um, We have some co-properties that we own and manage together. Um, And so that rounds out our 1,000 acres in total. So
0: your first 90 days could have been spent. Just like exploring, because there's a lot to take in with, with all these parks. But is, is there any part for you where you're just like, man, I got this? Because your background, you're coming from a park system with near with 15 times the amount of land, right. and uh, what a solid four or five times the the number of, of parks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so is there a part where you go, man, I got this. This is like small town mm-hmm. USA. Here I come. Or is it, it's not always about size or numbers. I mean, like, cause I would think with our programming, Roswell's, uh, level of programming, it would, it would seem to me just as a citizen, like it's, it's gotta be up there with, with some of the best. And obviously that's part of why such incredible recognition through the years.
1: That you're absolutely right. And, and no one park system is the same Is you know, you look at kind of the fundamental business that we're in of maintaining ball fields and soccer fields and trails and buildings, you know, that kind of level of maintenance, you know, you can... Kind of put that in any town or any city, it's the programming and the people and how we leverage those assets that is always different from even one neighborhood to the next, let alone cities or moving from the West Coast to the East Coast. And so it's those relationship building over the last 90 days that is really, really important. And for me, understanding why it is that we do what we do. Um, there's decades and generations of history behind our programming and behind our activities And somebody coming from the outside, you have to learn why it is that we are Roswell, what our values are first before you can truly understand how the system works.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I've certainly been a beneficiary of our great parks. I moved to Roswell when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. and um, I came from from Shambly, and we had a great park in Murphy Candler and then Blackburn and then the YMCA came there and that kind of became my like prime recreation place but then moving out in high school everyone was like hey we're going to the rec after school and just had kind of never seen anything like it, where it was like, "Hey, here's this three mile loop for jogging trails and sports, and then playing rec basketball, and you know, and all these activities." And now I actually have six kids, so I think we've checked off everything in the program. <laughs> um, but we, but growing up um, with uh, football and cheer at Rosedale Park has kind of has kind of been our main thing. So um, fall was, uh, you know, has been where I take advantage of the parks probably the most. Um, but we kind of talk about like the active and passive. Um, I've found a favorite spot mm-hmm. in Roswell, a favorite park. I don't know if I totally want to give it away because I kind of like mm-hmm. it sort of secluded but uh but but I'll go ahead and do it and if you see it, i'm I'm a friendly guy, I'll say, hey, but like my favorite sort of what I would call passive and I and tell me if I've missed the because I guess anytime if somebody's there, it's active. but um I really like over um, by Vickery Creek is it's kind mm-hmm. of its own little trail there, the own little kind of like mini waterfall trailer. there. That's like my favorite place to just kind of go and walk my dog, and just kind of get into nature. Right. And then, obviously, there's the side of it of just uh, of the activities and sports. Certainly done tons of stuff at Hembury. Um, you have kids playing basketball. So they, you know, you go over to, uh, to East Roswell Park. Kids play baseball. So you bounce all over the city. So I feel like I've experienced a lot of those park things in both the active and passive. Mm-hmm. Um, have you found a spot? um in sort of that what of just more of a of that naturey yeah. passive part that you go man this is like my little sweet spot i really really love about our system
1: yeah and and it, it for me it was during the interview process and so as i came into town um you know i'd never been to georgia before and here i am applying for this position excited about what the town and the city and the community has to offer and Um, I was out at Lita Thompson Park walking the trails. Mm -hmm. And um, similar to your experience, for me, it's about how do you create an opportunity that you can escape. Maybe you bring your headphones or maybe you're Mm -hmm. just quietly walking and I was, I had an opportunity just to sit on a bench and just enjoy the quietness of that neighborhood. Um, and that neighborhood park, you know, you've got about 90 acres or so smack in the middle of our urban environment. And yet you can sit in the middle of that space and feel like you're out in the woods. And, um, for me, that's one of those locations. And, uh, my parents are actually here in town from California this week, and they just snapped a picture of the trail um, and sent me kind of almost a test, as my parents do often, of, you know, what park are we in? And all it was was a picture. I knew right away it was Lita Thompson. Yeah. And, it, you know, it just kind of tugs on that emotional and And for me, it was about the journey also of going through the application process. Mm. So I think that will all- always be a connection with me, but that's my space. Yeah. Um, and it's the space that's quiet. Yeah. It, it,
0: what's amazing is because of all the parks, it's the most, you know, it's right on 92 on this busy, you know, little mm-hmm. corridor, but um, you kind of instantly, um, you know, the dog parks out, uh, on on one side, the, the beautiful gazebo, but it's like you're 50 feet in and it all disappears. And yeah. you just, you just step into the woods. Um, I actually have a standing um, appointment, I've taught my daughter about calendar appointments. Um, but 4.45 on uh, on Monday mm. afternoons, early evening, um, is uh, my daughter, who's a senior at Roswell. That's we get one hour together uh, walking on Lita Thompson. And that's our, we just, we meet up. We talk about the week. We talk about what's going on. So it's fast becoming a really special yeah. uh, place and memory for me. And I, I have some other memories of Lita Thompson um, one I'll just tell you really cool, and I, and I can edit it out. But um, when my son, who's now at UGA, when he turned thirteen, I sort of did, did like this walk to manhood with mm. him at Lita Thompson. And what I did, if you you know, you kind of know how the the parks laid out. There's all these different access points and you know roughly you know about a 3 mile loop we we marked out and what i did is i took six different men that were voices in my son's life both of his grandfathers his football coach his wrestling coach family friends and pasted it out with uh, with my son and he would walk through and walk you know a quarter mile with one and at the end of it they'd hand him a rock that i had engraved a different value on it a different sort of virtue that they wanted to bestow on him in his life and so he he took this walk to manhood with all these men in his life, all through Lita Thompson. And then the way that it, the, the trail works out, which you have, to, you have to go there, you'll see, is the way that it worked out is it went with the last – his last grandfather took the last little loop up the hill to the gazebo. And everyone else was able to get back to the gazebo without him seeing it as they passed him off. And he walked back to all these men, and then I was there waiting. And we just had like this little ceremony where he sort of talked about what each of those virtues meant to him. And we officially declared him a man at that (laughs) point. So, not being Jewish, we don't have a a bar mitzvah, but we made our own (laughs) little ceremony uh, right there at Lita Thompson. And it was really beautiful. So, is, but you know, even talking about it, you know, stories like that, as I'm talking about my daughter, um, what you really put together is like you're in your role. There's the administration side, there's the activity side, um, there's the stewardship side. But you're really, if you think about it, more than like stewarding just nature, you're stewarding people's lifelong memories because that's where they happen is in places like that. You know, they don't you go to a movie with someone and the movie does the talking. But when you go do something in a park, whether it's activity or just going on a hike, that's where you create these kind of memories that I think, uh, you know, I like to call them like deathbed memories. I mean, those are yeah. going to be the things that you think about. And so, with that, there's almost like a, to me, there's like a uh, a solemnness and a. It, it's really almost like a high calling in what you're doing. Do you see it yeah. that way, or am I being no, too? Uh, you know, you're I, left coast, so I know I can go I know, a little bit you that You can, way. <laughs> you
1: can go a little left coast uh, spiritual. I mean, it, you know, it's a, to me, as you described it. And you know, I, as I just get to sit in the chair and listen to those stories, to me, we're we're creating that lifelong experience of life in our community, mm-hmm. and that's really what drove me to Roswell and also to the smaller community. When you know you're working for a larger agency or a larger um, county, like I was, you get disconnected from the community. You're you're running and gunning and trying to get. Um, the, the recreation and the admin facilities set so that people can enjoy them, but they just kind of pass through your parks and you don't get to know the stories. And and to have everybody potentially using the exact same space, but mean something different mm-hmm. for them and have that personal and mm-hmm. integral connection to the area and to whether it be the trails or to the fields or to those memories, mm-hmm. um, it's something that that in our kind of municipal government world, we're the only department that gets to create those kinds of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it does not get lost on me that we have those opportunities to create lo- lifelong memories, lifelong experiences. And I think of, you know, my kids coming up, you know, younger than yours. So my oldest is 12 and they go down to five and, you know, everything that we talk about is our experience in mm-hmm. in nature and in our parks and facilities. And, the diversity that Roswell offers, we are not just ball fields and and soccer fields. Mm -hmm. We are not just the football field. We're not just a community center. We also have that access to trails and into our facilities. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that as I look at the design of our community, um, that was very intentionally done. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't just bring in all of the hardcore recreation facilities, there was also room for people to create their own experiences. Yeah. I had I had a moment, uh, I guess about
0: a, a month ago. Um, so I, my son was playing lacrosse at, at Roswell Area Park, kind of on, on field two, so the lower turf field. Mm-hmm. So he was there playing lacrosse. And um, so I came, I brought my dog, I went to the park, went down, walked around the field. Then on the upper field, there was a rugby game happening between Kennesaw State and Auburn. And so I kind of took in some of that. And then once it was over, I took a little loop and I went through the field and there was a flag football game happening on the back with just little kids. And then a girls softball game was getting started up. And then all along the way, I'm passing all these other dog owners walking in the woods. And it was just like... Our community just rocks. Like this is so cool. There's people just casually exercising. There's people running really fast. There's people just you know having a little cookout. There's this uh, plethora of activities all happening, and it was uh, it was just one of those moments. You know, uh, you know, it could have been a few degrees cooler, so I'll have to recreate it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in another month. But um, it was one of those moments. You go, man, we really have something special, and so I love with you just being fresh. And when you're looking at it, and I know with 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 things that I'm asking, we'll, we'll just make as a blanket. I know you love everything; it's all great. So we're not going to hurt <laughs> anyone's feelings. But um, just to maybe highlight, without it being uh, just comparison of what's something that even when you're looking from the outside, was there a, was there a program that really jumped out to you that go, man, this is kind of something unique and special with Roswell. And, uh, and then I'd love to ask as a follow-up, is there something that you guys had in Sacramento and your system there that you go, you know what, It, it it's on my list of something that, that I'd love to bring to Roswell?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I think the, I'll name a couple of them, but the, the visual and performing arts piece of what we do within our, you know, we're not just the Parks Department. We are Parks, Recreation, Historic, and Cultural Affairs. Right. And... You know, you look at the creativity that my staff brings with our blacksmithing shop or with our clay making or with our cooking classes. There's these little niches where, you know, there were, you know, 166 people that um, participated in our culinary arts program in the last year. That's never going to rival soccer. It's never Mm going to rival lacrosse, but there is a niche in our community that they are creating relationships in life together around that cooking space Um, and then sharing that with others. And that's so special that that the city council and our community has allowed the department to make space for people, not just surely by volume, but also by interest groups, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I think connects our community that I get excited about. It's those niche programs um, that aren't your traditional um, kind of recreation and sports programs that we have, and that we've we've intentionally created space for them um, and welcomed them into our community and supported them in our programming and in our livelihood and that that's the special piece that Mm -hmm. I think that Roswell brings and that our department brings to the community Um, and the list. And and I keep learning about them and we got here and we showed up in, July. It was the 9th of July after driving for 54 hours in the car with six of us. <laughs> we logged, you know, it's 2,800 just I think of his Chevy Chase and right vacation now. with us. You know, and it, it was, we drove from Northern California to Southern California to see friends. And then on the like 3rd of July, we started driving across the desert of Arizona mm-hmm. and it was 115 degrees. It's mm-hmm. like, here we go. And Um, you know, we got here and the kids wanted to jump in and do something. And so two of my middle kids, we've got four boys, jumped into fort building camp. I mean, Mm -hmm. how cool is that? That they and Parker, my second born, you know, he came home the second day and his hands were all tore up from blisters of building forts out in East Roswell Park. Mm -hmm. You know, those kinds of experience he will never forget and... And our community has that commonplace. So that kind of creativity kind of across the board is pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. So what about that second part? What was something that you had that you go, you know, if you're holding it in your back pocket, you don't have to share. But was there something, because I imagine you know a system that large and mm-hmm. um, you guys were doing some things. Is there something that you guys had that you go, you know what? This is something that uh, that I'd love to bring to Roswell at the
1: right time. Yeah, from where you were. Yeah, and it's 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 nothing new that hasn't been talked about in our community, and it's just uh, continuing to find ways to connect. And it, and it's trail connectivity. When you look mm-hmm. at the network of trails that we had in Sacramento. Um, we were able to connect into our American River Parkway, which is a 23-mile-long trail system that connected into our state park system, and all the way down into our urban environment. And we had about 8 million visitor days a year through that system. Wow! But it was connected then out into the neighborhoods through local trails, and uh, I see that as as really the continued next step. And it's in our master planning process, but. I think I bring that level of expertise into the community and working with our transportation department mm-hmm. to really push how do we connect people um, so that they don't necessarily have to drive, that they feel safe walking, they can connect to nature, and then potentially find ways to get into our commerce areas but also into our schools and our parks and our neighborhoods uh without having to jump in the car and drive. Yeah. Um and that's what I'm excited about and I, and the vision is here. Uh it'll take some time, there's yeah. no question. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm excited about that um and what we can bring to the table yeah. there. I
0: have a I have a good memory of um it's funny because when I played in a band, you know, there's whole tours I can barely remember, but I'll never forget um after we finished the show in Sacramento. Uh, we had a few days off. Next show was in Boise. So went with the tour, mate. We went kayaking on the North Fork of the American River yeah. and then drove through Tahoe and over mm-hmm. snow and everything yeah. to the next show. was my stopping ground. That's where I grew up, yeah. in the Lake Tahoe area. So really beautiful. I mean, you know, and that's um, what you certainly have there is almost like this epic scale. You know, it's the West. And um, and what's neat about Roswell in some ways is like we we don't have that epic scale. You know, there's not, there's not every every acre is precious, right? And, um, because we're, you know, we're sort of landlocked on that, but, uh, but man, there, there's so much, I mean, that, that's what I do love the aspect of travel and where you go, you see these things and, Um, you know, my approach is always like, why not Roswell? You know, Mm -hmm. like um, I go, I've been looking at what they're doing, even on that note, like with the Whitewater Park down in uh, Columbus, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, man, we got go with the flow. Let's reward them. They've been like this great private (laughs) business. Let's put a Whitewater Park in Roswell. But um, so I like big, crazy ideas, but um, but we already do so much. I mean, and that's and there really is, um, you know, something for everyone. I love that that slogan. I think it's friends of of Roswell Parks, where everyone plays in Roswell. Right. And there's something for for everyone here. Um, I heard that is part of that system. Is there was there sort of a commitment or an aspect um, to what you guys were doing with Sacramento? Sacramento that connected to just sort of mental health and wellness. And is that some is that an opportunity of something we could
1: enhance here in Roswell? Yeah, there's, there's no question um, when you look at kind of the the research on a very global scale right now, and especially in our nation and in our communities, that um, mental health is going to continue to rise as a very expensive medical issue in our society. And, um, you know, health and well-being is, is integral to what we do. And as a kind of industry in the recreation and parks world, we're working on how do we connect with our mental health professionals and our health professionals. And we have a whole health and wellness division where we provide um, a number of different activities and programs that try to encourage people to live and thrive in a healthy environment. Um, You know, as you look at how people are commuting around our neighborhoods and around our cities and down into Atlanta, when they come home to Roswell, we need to be able to provide easy access to ways to be healthy. So whether that's trails in nature or activities and programs, how do people disconnect from their work life, potentially from their phones and from their emails, Mm -hmm. and just be able to find a healthy space and whatever Mm -hmm. that means to them. For some, it's reading a book at a bench. And for Mm -hmm. others, it's yoga in our parks on Saturday in the morning when the sun's coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, For some people, it's coaching and understanding their diet and finding those resources within our community uh, to live a healthy lifestyle so that they can not only support themselves but also with their families um, and also their communities.
0: Yeah. Well, man, I've been there. There's been days, you know, sitting at the end of a long commute. There was a time I was working out in Gwinnett, and so just driving back an hour every day. And there were there were times where, like, by the time I pulled home into my driveway, I was like nearly in tears. I was just mm-hmm. like I as a human being was not made for this. Yeah. And it's amazing how just a even just a quick, you know, 10-minute walk down a trail is is almost like a filter that can kind of mm-hmm. like purge all that stress away and all those things and then, you know, and so much more when you talk about programming that can kind of guide people
1: um, through that and yeah, so and it, um, it's a skill that that we have to teach. I'll use my own kids a, as an example. You know, coming out of Sacramento, we lived in kind of a traditional neighborhood, highly dense, not a lot of backyard space, mm-hmm. and we moved in um, to to Roswell. We have a little bit more space in our backyard and. And our kids really had to relearn how to play in the backyard um, because they didn't—they weren't used to the space. And and I looked at them one day, and they were upstairs, and they wanted to play video games. And I just said, "No, you need to go out and play." And they kind of looked at me. Well, we don't have anything to do, you know. The 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 overending question of it's boring outside. I just looked at them. I said, "Go build a BMX track in the backyard." And their eyes lit <laughs> up like, "We can do that." It's like, yes, you have permission to go tear the backyard up. Please go do it. That's and, awesome. You know, it, it's those kinds of skill sets that we have to make sure that we remember to pass on to our kids. And it, it's not. It, it doesn't have to be a drive up to the Blue Ridge Mountains. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a forty-five minute ride in the car. It can be to your neighborhood park. It can be that fifteen-minute walk um, down your block so that you can say hi to your neighbors and just that opportunity to give yourself permission just to relax mm-hmm. um, and to have that neighborhood engagement and the community engagement or just the quiet, no engagement. Mm. Um, And I think that's what our parks can provide and do provide with, as you mentioned earlier, just the diversity of space that we do have.
0: So where are we with the sort of master river plan. Yeah. Um, it's something where I, I hear friends talking about. It. I think a lot of people listening don't know that there actually is a plan, mm-hmm. which is which is great. So but but where does that sit and, and where is that and, and how does that connect with the recreation and park? Yeah.
1: So the official master plan was approved by the city council in 2016. Um, that describes and defines where we're going from Don White Park on the Chattahoochee River all the way down to the Willio connection where the roundabout is outside of the city of Roswell. And um, if you've been by the river, you see little improvements of that master planning process with the extension of our boardwalk. Right. Um, so the riverwalk is being extended and connecting almost into the county line. Um, but beyond that, there is a $35 million vision for how we improve that park space. Um, That's a huge lift for a community of 100,000 people. And so our Recreation Commission, who is the advisory body to my department, along with the city council, is really looking for ways to be innovative in creating that master plan and actually bringing it uh, to the community. We have a couple of federal grants that we're currently working on that will invest about – $2 Two million dollars into the a sand property which um, has now um, been made available the city acquired it some time ago but we've had a contractor out harvesting the sand out of the river they've since stopped doing that so we can look at developing that park space um, but bigger than that we're starting to have some conversations regionally in atlanta about the Chattahoochee River, and this 100-mile stretch from Lake Lanier all the way down through Atlanta. Um, And the Trust for Public Lands has gotten involved in that project for kind of visioning how do we connect all of our communities along the river. And uh, we're a big piece of that because we're a lot further on in our master planning development process and our active recreation process than a lot of other jurisdictions are.
0: Now, is there any role in that for sort of private, Business, restaurants, anything like that, or does that would I get uh, would the pitchforks come out and drive me out of meeting for for even mentioning it? Because I guess just as a just as a, a person with no uh, you know with no skin in the game like. I love when, you know, you can go down to a canoe or a raise on the Mm -hmm. river and enjoy it that way. And I was thinking about, I was like, man, imagine if we built like a 30A North, like all of Roswell goes down to 30A, which had a hard time last night. Um, But, you know, and there's this like, community village feel. And here's this beach. And I was like, is there a place in Atlanta where you can eat and there'd be just like a playground where kids can play at the same time? I don't think so. Um, and I was like, we, that'd be so cool to do that. It seems like people would come from all over the city, but then I know in some circles, if you even mention that you're going, this is like sacred land, it needs to be protected, but there's that balance because you go to places and you go, well, you know, even like Chattanooga and Mm -hmm. where, where they where they do stuff right up onto the river or the lands and it becomes so much more accessible, but there is sort of this private enterprise happening as well as public access. What's, what's the balance there? Is that what the plan is for? And Mm -hmm. I just need, I just need to read it and I'm I'm (laughs) late to the game.
1: You're, you are, you're right on point. Um, there are elements in the plan that allows for kind of that commercialized, um, service provision within the river parkway system. Um, we're a lot more nimble than, say, the National Park Service mm-hmm. is in providing that kind of commercial infrastructure in our park facilities. Um, and so it's there. There is, and and we have to respect, a healthy, de- healthy balance of the development of that park space mm-hmm. and the use of the park space. Um, but... I think the the industry of recreation and municipal government is softening on that point a little bit. Twenty years ago, you know, it is the the blinders were local benefit. We're here to benefit our community. We don't have a regional look, um, and that started to change. It doesn't it doesn't change overnight, and it doesn't change without some give and take. Because you know, as soon as you start to open up those types of facilities with either restaurants or cafes or rental space you are bringing in people from outside of the community potentially to use it which then displaces our local users and so how do you balance those two together in a respectful and responsible way and you know the conversation that we'll be having with the city council over the next you know months is that continued vision that the river parkway can both be a local and a regional benefit to our community regionally, it starts to benefit our community by bringing um, visitors in similar to our historic homes that people want to utilize the river. Um, I, as I'm learning the state of Georgia, um, when you look at, at the data, the, in the state of Georgia, paddle sports is an $11.3 billion economic driver in our state. Mm. Um, and so people are buying canoes and kayaks and they're driving that industry and they're looking for a place to access the river. They're looking for a place to safely park their cars. They're so you're looking, saying
0: my Whitewater Park idea could it, be it on the table? It may have <laughs> some legs,
1: you know. I am not I am not here to judge every single idea. <laughs> but we can put it through the master planning process as I put my, my good bureaucratic hat on and say, well, look at your idea and consider yeah, it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, um, but it's there. And so, you know, I think... As always, there's some give and take. Um, there are also some some very strict regulations mm-hmm. on how we develop next to the river as there should be. It's our drinking water source. Um, Water quality is one thing that when you lose it, it's really, really hard to get back. And so um, we do have those regulations in place that we will adhere to and that our master plan adheres to on responsible development around the river.
0: And you, so it sounds like you have sort of a holistic approach to it, that there can be room for anything but in the right place and just keeping it in
1: balance. That's correct. Um,
0: We're never going to lose... Um, you know, our beautiful wooded trails and this protected space. But at the same time, we don't have to be um, just extreme – Onto the let's just say environmentalist side to say like there's a time like I think about a sports field it's very hard to play football in the forest correct right and there's time these fields where Mm -hmm. they there does require uh, clearing some trees whatever Mm -hmm. that it creates this activity space that then gets a lot of use and you know and and that's like again almost back to Roswell Area Park East Roswell Park there's such great examples of that Mm -hmm. of integrating the two you drop off your kids and you get some exercise and you. get in the woods and you go by the lake or multi, you know, kids are in gymnastics or at the art center or all these things, but yet nature's right there and accessible. You would, you know, 95% of the people wouldn't be there if it wasn't for those activity space and buildings.
1: That's correct. And, you know. It should also be very reflective of the values of our community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our our park planning efforts and our long-term visioning efforts for our new parks and new facilities, it's not about what Jeff is looking for. Um, It's about what is the community looking for and what do we expect the community is going to be looking for 15 and 20 years down the road. Um, And that's how we start to look at our planning horizon and our design horizon and, um, you know, we we are nimble enough as a local jurisdiction uh, to make those changes and to be able to put them into place when we need to. Um, I also think looking at um, our park facilities holistically is impor- important to not forget that we have other operators within our city. We have the National Park Service that provides trail systems within our park areas as well. And so we have to look at, okay, what balance do we have between those two jurisdictions? How do we help support one another in ultimately supporting our community? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, It's not always just about what the city of Roswell can do, but it's also what about our National Park Service partners can do and potentially our surrounding jurisdictions as well to provide um, those access to resources or access to the river or access to trail systems and connectivity as well.
0: So you're 90 days in, um, um, you you got your feet wet. Um, you know you're so as you're moving now into this you know next year what's coming what should people be looking for because I think for a lot of us we just are enjoying the parks we're enjoying living in Roswell we're enjoying the schools as you are now and um, and then we only hear about something when there's something that like uh, the tennis center idea pops mm-hmm. up, and it's like it goes from uh, to calm seas to like raging storms overnight. Sure, and it's like mm-hmm. uh, and it, we're in panic mode, and then we're like in uh, and then it's just quiet. So, what's kind of like behind the scenes? What's sort of coming for for recreation and parks? Are we are we entering a season of of growth and these new projects. It sounds like this, the, the sandlot uh, project um, might be sort of one of the, the biggest things on the horizon.
1: So I think I see two kind of longer term projects that we're working on. Our, our focus is absolutely from a planning perspective, the river park, and how do we develop that opportunity into the future? Uh, We're working on and actually just finalizing an economic impact report for the development of that facility of what um, kind of new business does that potentially bring to our community and what does that mean to our community from a tax revenue perspective. Um, And then beyond that, we've got a couple of really great projects um, and my, my mind first goes to Mimosa Hall, which is a home mm-hmm. that was built, uh, which purchased by the city. It's one of our historic homes, and we're working on how do we open up that space um, for uh, some mm-hmm. more activities, uh, some more touring of the grounds and activating that park space mm-hmm. and that historic home. Um, also kind of just more conceptually working on how do we inter integrate our historic homes into more of what we do, of of integrating that history of our community um, across all platforms uh, throughout our community. So not just having a historic experience, an education experience directly at one of our homes, but also how do we filter that information out into our other programming and other other activities that we do throughout the community. Uh, So that's very kind of early in the process. I'm excited about those projects. Um, I've got a great staff that uh, continues to innovate on new projects and new programs. Uh, And so I think what the community will start to see is that continued innovation in things that the community is looking for. And and I'll just put my pitch in that we are always open to new ideas. Be careful. And careful. I know. <laughs> I know this is how I get, you know, all of a sudden a river rafting uh, system. But but we are. We, we want to be reflective of the, of the needs of our community. Yeah. We have great assets, uh, but we also want to know, you know, what are we potentially missing? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think
0: with that, I mean, it's something just in business. You know, we at my company here, we tell people all the time, you know, hey, we're open to every idea. It doesn't mean we're going to do it, right? And you know, even as like I throw out, that would be my particular passion. What I love to see that here, great, a place you could go park and play in a kayak, sure. But I, I'm not kidding myself that. Like it would have to be, it would have to make sense for the whole community. It would have to be something that, you know, checks the box of being an economic driver or Mm -hmm. attracting people or something that was really serving the needs of the community. So I think for sort of the responsibility of the citizen is then maybe is to, if you have an idea, share it because it might be unique and, mm-hmm. and, and worth hearing, but to also sort of hold it open-handed and know that that's kind of part of living in a community is you don't get to just call the shots.
1: Right. <laughs> you know, and we want to, as you said, we want to be balanced, but you, you think of some of the the little niches that I talked about earlier of – you know, our blacksmithing program Mm -hmm. or our fort building program or um, the bocce ball courts that we just built out by the adult activity Mm -hmm. center or, you know, our pickleball courts indoor and outdoor that now are just taking off because that whole sport is growing exponentially. And, and a lot of those ideas come from my staff, but they also come from community members saying, hey, well, what about this? Mm-hmm. You know, we have a group of people that are looking for these kinds of activities, and it may be a little niche um, that we enjoy, but that niche may grow into yeah. pickleball courts. You yeah. never really know. You could
0: have a bocce ball tournament, and it mm-hmm. fills up local hotels and restaurants. Right. And I mean, there's, um, and, and so with that, I think kind of as a last question, I guess, the there's sort of this interplay, because I think there's a we have a limited amount of dollars, right, mm-hmm. to to assign to anything. Um, sometimes with parks, is you know, it can be big chunks of change and it's hard to understand like, well, how does buying Mimosa Hall, how does that compare to building a parking lot? You know, where like, hey, our shops need parking lots, but again, those would be different departments. So is your charge just to go like, man, my charge is to stay it's recreation, it's parks, it's the historical and cultural affairs, and I'm going to go fight for them, and then it's for city council and the mayor to sort of have the holistic view of the whole thing? Or is your charge to go, no, I need to have a holistic view of how this fits into the piece? Do you see what I'm saying? Is it like, are you the champion of this, or are you guys... Is everyone playing nice with each other, or is it like Indian leg wrestling for different departments?
1: Sure. So... When I came out of Sacramento, I was one of forty department heads in the county, mm. um, and and I will say what um, what municipal government does, the counties um, and the cities, state is a little bit more difficult at their at their level of operation. But there isn't a day that goes by that that I don't interact with my other department heads, and we're figuring out how we meet each other's goals for the benefit of the city. Um, we're going to to always. Mm. Advocate for our projects, for our programs, and for our staffs above one another, and try to get the resources that we think are our priorities. And that's absolutely our city administrator's job, as well as the city's council's job, you know, to set those policies and priorities for the city. But at the same time, there are a number of projects and daily examples of how all of the departments are working together. The Youth Day Parade is a mm-hmm. great example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy. It's it's on our doorstep on Saturday, and You have our Department of Transportation staff that is shutting down the roads for us. You've got our police staff, um, both my park police and our Roswell police that are shutting down roads and making sure people are safe. You got our two chiefs of police that are in the parade taking their time on a Saturday to celebrate youth in our community. You got fire trucks and police trucks. And you got I mean, when you start to look at all of those resources and and it's never a question of oh, you know, this is really inconvenient, it's always this answer of, Jeff, how can I help from other mm. departments? And, and we do the same way. And there's these little projects that are around um, where we are partnering with Department of Transportation on a trail project or a redesign. Their Department of Transportation is doing a redesign of an access road out at um, the Adult Activity Center to get people from point A to point B. hmm we're gonna fund that project, but they're doing it for us and they've prioritized that project in their scope so that we can get that project done. Um, PD helps us uh, with safety in our parks and facilities, but also shut down roads for our big special events. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the list is extensive and and it happens behind the scenes and our community probably doesn't even realize that it's yeah. happening. And that's the synergy that I already see in the city of this cross-pollination of partnerships that we are collectively as as department heads and as staff citywide working towards the common good of our community.
0: So I said last question. I have, <laughs> I have one more. And just, I guess just we were talking before, and we're both obviously just kind of students of leadership mm-hmm. and get passionate about that. And I'm just curious about sort of the leadership challenge of – Coming in to a city and a department, I mean, I think Morgan was there for you know a few decades, right? Right. And so it's like big shoes to fill. There's an existing staff. Um, how do you, as a leader, kind of come in and um, sort of uh, just insert yourself into this position where obviously there's a reason you were hired, you yeah. know, to, to fill the job, but there's also, um, with any change in organizational leadership, there's going to be a change of style and there's going to be a change mm-hmm. in, in, in priorities.
1: And, um,
0: ha- how do you do that? Just kind of uh, like just sort of yeah. as a personal challenges. It's a great
1: question. The, for me, what I, wh- where I come just to the position is, is I am a student first. Um, I am a student of, of the why. Why is it that we do what we do and how we do it? Mm -hmm. Um, As I said earlier, you know, each city, each jurisdiction is a little bit different. And there's generally a very long story for how we get to, you know, the youth day parade and the process that we use or um, the operation of our historic homes or just forming teams and naming teams for our football program. Um, There's always a reason. And, And for me, it's the student of those reasons of really learning it, how the system is built, why it is that we do what we do, and then to start to bring my expertise in and say, well, have we thought about doing it this way? Or have we thought about this idea? Or kind of pushing my staff and some other innovative ideas and directions and giving them permission to be innovative um, in what they've done. They may have had an idea with previous directors that – for whatever reason, didn't get traction, that maybe is something that I've seen in, in the past and can put some tweaks to it and say, yeah, this is how we can move forward and make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really been my job, as I see it over the last three and four months, is just being a student of why it is that we do um, and and what makes us special. There's you know, this is a gold medal award-winning mm-hmm. department. Um, there's a reason for that. There, there is a structure and a system in place that has been working and has been recognized nationally yeah. um, as a solid system. And so um, for me, it, it's, a, it's a position of learning. Um, And then I get excited because then I get to do everything new for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Youth Day Parade, I keep talking about it, but it's my first time. My kids are going to be there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You know, we've got, what, like 3,000 pounds of candy in my office right now (laughs) that we're just waiting to pass out to the community, plus then all the candy that everybody else brings and it's going to be a blast.
0: So, it, it, you know, it, it is definitely a special day. You make me want to edit this really quick <laughs> in case in case I can get one or two pe- more people to come out. That's but right. It's um, it, it really is special. And I guess I just want to say welcome to Roswell. As someone that's that's been here a while, and just just really excited for you and and for for all of us for you know as as we lead this department. I mean, I think, um, I think a lot of times with with parks, with the programming, with all these activities, with the space. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we talked earlier about economic impact. Um, sometimes it doesn't – it's not always a straight line to me because you go – you could look at a place like my little hideaway that I announced to the world to to walk my dog in this quiet little place and you go – Well, that's, you know, there's no vendors there. No one's making any money. There's no admission. There's no programming. It's just a maintenance cost. So that's not an economic driver. But you know what? It's the reason I live here. Right. And so I think with our parks, people, I I still contend that the number one reason, besides just, you know, proximity to, to work, but why they choose Roswell when there's other choices is our schools and our parks. And, uh, and so to me, it's not always just a financial issue. It's, it's about, um, creating a quality of life that keeps Roswell the best place to live, work and play. Jeff, thank you for being on Positively Roswell. You
1: bet. Thanks for having me.